we welcome you now to a true church perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis. So I purposely uploaded last week's message. I called it my purge. Yeah, because I said some things in there that was definitely going to make some folks unfollow me that I don't want following me. And so um, last week's message, we just, you know, talked about the wrong savior and went against a lot of these people's understanding of what they believe Christ or who they believe Christ really is, when in essence, the Bible doesn't speak to that. And let me tell you something, you know, as African-American people, as a majority in here, and then some of us, you know, uh, more light-skinned than others and all of that, um, (laughs) we, um, you know, we're emotional people. Like, we're emotional. Like, I almost jumped over that banister while I was playing because I'm emotional. And so our band, we making faces and y'all, you know, uh, uh, clapping and going forth and all that. And then sometimes, you know, at certain churches, folk, the music break out and folks, you know, start just, just wilding for the Lord. And that's fine, as I was saying last week, as long as you can stop it. Because that's the problem that the church developed. They started trying to make it the Holy Spirit doing it. And that's what I have issue with, because that means until the Holy Spirit is done, you're going to keep doing it. So if the music slows down, why did you slow down? Did the Holy Spirit recognize the organist and say that he's backing down, so back that dance down? That makes no logical sense. Now, there's nothing wrong with you going forth if you want to go forth. Amen. But don't tear stuff up saying it's the Lord kicking chairs over and knocking teeth out. Amen. That's not the Lord. If you're out of control, it's not the Lord because he easily entreats us. Amen. He ain't going to throw you around and hurt you. And he's not going to recognize the microphone. So when someone gets up and says, all right, that's enough, the Holy Spirit is not going to say, that's enough, child. And just leave you alone at that point. It it just doesn't work that way. So let's just keep a good understanding of what we're doing when we're doing it. And that keeps the black Hebrew Israelites and the five percenters, that keeps them from poking holes in our doctrine. That's where they they get the holes and and where they can say, well, y'all believe this because we're doing things that aren't scriptural, but we're trying to make it scriptural. Amen. Nothing wrong with tradition as long as you label it tradition and it doesn't hinder the process of God moving. It can be tradition. Amen. Nothing wrong with everyone in here wearing a suit and tie or everyone dressing like it's nothing wrong with either way as long as we recognize that neither way is the way. That that's. Because that's why, I'm, y'all see, y'all don't get to argue and, and fuss with these folks like I do. About a thousand, well, 1,500 of them unfriended me this week. 1,500. No, no, no. That was on purpose. I'm glad. I was trying to get rid of them. And that's why I preached that message last week. So it's certain things I wanted to address because, look, man, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to believe the Bible the way it's written. And I'm not adding an agenda to, get, to boost my views on, on YouTube. Because that's what they're doing. So I'm going to preach the truth straight up. No matter who likes it, whether you want it or not, if that's what it says, if we can interpret it the way it was written, and that's what it says, that's what I'm going to believe. But I'm not lifting up a color as a chosen race when we all come from the same color. That is ridiculous. 
ridiculous. I mean, do y'all know how ridiculous that is that every man had to come from the first man? But now we're different because of the colors? And every man came from the first man? Yeah, but when the children of Israel was in Egypt, you know that, okay, let's use that. Children of Israel were in bondage to Egyptians. What color was the Egyptians? Black. What color was the children of Israel? Black. So the blacks enslaved the blacks? And y'all mad at the white man? I mean, we could do this all day. But that's some, it's just so stupid for African Americans to have the deficits of fatherlessness in their homes, sleep around, have all of these illegitimate kids, and then when they grow up with no guidance, you want to blame the white man. You want to blame society when you was the slut. Won't you just go get forgiveness and close your legs, and brother, won't you get forgiveness and quit banging everything you see? And then maybe we won't have to blame folks for our community. I'm sick of that. That's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Hey, Joe, that ain't, that ain't their fault. They killing us. You killing us. 1,700 abortions a day? Man, don't you come to me. That's why you don't put me on nothing. Because, brother, we going back to scratch. To hear about the issues of the day let's talk about the issues period what created that roguish community immorality let's talk about immorality ain't no way you can defy it you can't and there's no way you can get around the discussion for immorality because immorality produces illegitimacy illegitimacy produces issues and issues wreck communities Churches got more divorces than marriages. Churches because of community issues. Well, somebody won't say nothing. They won't deal with it. Y'all, we dealing with it in here. Hey, man, I ain't gonna run nobody off with it because that's why y'all came. But it's the truth, y'all. Why they? I mean, why are we? Why are we talking about dumb stuff? Nobody deal with the music. Fifteen year old girl. I just put it on the internet this week. Fifteen year old girl. Listening to rap lyrics, saved them on her phone. She only listened to the songs where they was talking about killing your father. All the Drake songs, all the little Uzi Vert songs, all the Triple X songs about killing your father. She had saved on her phone and she went and killed her mother and father. 15 years old. 15. Pretty little girl. Killed her mother and father. Did it make national news? Did y'all see a protest march? Did anybody hear anything about that other than me exposing it on the internet? You didn't hear nothing about that. They're going to talk about that. You know why? Because that leads, that's a path. There's a rabbit hole that that leads to that they can't go to. Oh, so the rap lyrics, so uh-oh, well, we got to kind of ignore that because the rap lyrics going to lead to how we using all these rappers to draw people to all of our events and make money. And I've been telling you for years. Man, I can start this message off without the slides. I don't need no computers. AdamandBeliever.com forward slash the wrong savior to meek and lowly. This is the church's problem right here. The church is arrogant. Yeah, nobody want to repent. They want to say, I'm sorry, Lord, but they don't want to repent. You know what repent means? I mean, back that thing up and do it all over again. Fix it. 
Fix it. Go fix it. What, what Christ told the seven churches of Asia, he told them, look, y'all messed up, y'all jacked up. Just repent. Or else I'm going to come quickly. But he said, repent. What does that mean? Just change it. If it's not biblical, if it's not lining up with the word, just, just fix it. But they, they're not meek and lowly. They're arrogant. Lifted up in pride. Can't fix it. Because folks going to think this and folks going to think that. So they'd rather see people messed up than repent. That's the church's problem. And that arrogance has run the younger generation out of the church. Right? To go find a religion or a belief system to equate with yours and poke holes in yours. And that's why they're going after all this foolishness, this black stuff. Why is it the black stuff in Jesus Christ and the Bible that's all messed up? You don't see them going after, man, Buddha taught us when we was young. Nobody's mentioning anything else. Black folks just want to say that the Bible is the white man's book that he forced on us during slavery. Brother, you think the Bible is 300 years old? The Bible was here when black folks was enslaving everybody. Oh, I preach this, Jack. And the the Bible was here when your forefathers sold you to the white man. Soldier. Soldier. You think you wasn't sold? Soldier. You were spoils of war. Your tribe lost. And when your tribe lost, you got traded. You were defeated. You was defeated Negros. And you got traded. So you can't get mad at the white man. My white man was doing business. And he was doing business with your great, great uncles. Yeah, and then when African Americans, then when they set us free in America, some of the African Americans didn't want to give up their slaves. Because <laughs> there was some uppity Negroes. Now, wait a minute, Abraham. Doc, I got these brothers on lock. You mean I got to do all this work myself? Man, folk don't know history, man. They just, oh my gosh. That's why I don't get caught up in that. That's, a, that's just the wrong road to go on. Don't go on that racial road. Because at the end of the day, you're going to find out that we are all the same color and we all need Jesus. That's why God didn't make it about skin. He made it about blood. Because all the blood is the same. I preach in here. I don't need no computer. <laughs> I keep saying that I didn't look it up. <laughs> Amen. Adamibeliever.com. Okay, we're talking about being meek and lowly. Jesus was not narcissistic. How I many you know Jesus wasn't narcissistic? He was not into self-fulfillment and showing himself to others. Self, the power. See, the power of self always leads to mysticism. Because in order to truly tap into yourself, you have to tap into your third eye. Then you have to tap into your body's energy and your chakras. Like they was doing at Mega. Was that Megafest last week? When Sarita Jakes had the whole audience doing yoga. That was church service. 
regular service, they was all in there in the position doing yoga. In the temple position. Channeling position. Doing yoga. And folks emailed me, do you think she know? That's how she got rich. You think she don't know? Are you kidding? Yeah, so that self-fulfillment, self-love, Oprah Winfrey junk, that's going to always lead you to stimulating your own, using your own energy, tapping into your body, tapping into your third eye, all that awakening, all of that junk that Eve did in the garden when she ate off the tree. The side God doesn't want you operating in without him. The only time you go into those realms is with the Holy Spirit. Not with transcendental meditation. The Bible said that he was meek and lowly, which is power under control for the benefit of others. Y'all, Jesus could have killed everybody that made him mad with a blink, with a wink of his eye. That's why God knew to make him Christ and not me. Because, boy, there would be a trail of bodies. It's like, what? <laughs> you mess with me. No, but he, had, he, he really did. He, he had all the power in the world, but he was under control. That means he was meek. Look at somebody and say, meek is not weak. Man, meek is not weak. Meek just means I have power. I know how to use it, and right now I'm not going to use it. That's meek. Then he was lowly. What is that? That means that he was with the people. He was always with the people. He walked around with the people. Even when it was dangerous sometimes, his compassion would cause him to go be with the people so he could help them and teach them and instruct them. That's lowly, right? He wasn't high above them, lording over them. Amen. Wasn't nobody carrying his Bible. He treated all of them equal. Which ain't nothing wrong with carrying the Bible, but Jesus just wanted to set the example of being equal to everyone. Matter of fact, he sat them all down and washed all of their feet to show them, like, look, man, I'm, I have a human side, and my human side is congruent to yours. Oh, but I got a spiritual side that <laughs> none of y'all can touch. He said, but when I die, I'm going to send that spiritual side to you, and y'all all do more than what I'm doing. I wish I could preach the message in here. Yeah, Matthew 11 and 29. Take my yoke upon you and what? Learn of me for I am meek. He's saying it himself. I am meek and lowly in heart. You shall find rest unto your soul. So he's saying come to me because I'll be there for you. I don't, I don't lord high over you. I hear you. For he is not a high priest that cannot be touched with the feelings of our infirmities but was at all points tempted just like us, yet without sin. That's why he's the Savior. Amen? Many pastors and leaders want to flaunt their authority and lord over others. Y'all, people are becoming pastors just to do that. That's why they're coming. Y'all know it's way too many churches. It's way too many churches. I want to go put signs on the doors. Put that doorknob that keeps turning. I want to go put those on a whole bunch of churches. Be out there all morning. Man. It's too many churches, man. Y'all started a church so y'all could lead people? Are you qualified for that? 
I mean, I, I, I mean, you know, God can use anybody. No, God told you who he was going to use. He gave you the qualifications. Dude, the first qualification is you got, man, you got to have your family together. How you lead the church and your family is tore up? Your own children falling asleep and don't want to hear you. That means you need to quit. Stop. Just stop. But they're too arrogant. I already started, man. People going to think. Boy, people already think. They're looking at your children. They know something is wrong. Man. And here's the real sign you shouldn't have started it. You don't like going. <laughs> Hitting the snooze. Oh, shoot. <laughs> man, it's time to give it up. Amen. I look forward to coming in here. I have so much fun. Yeah, man, please. Don't just start a church so you can have a microphone in your hand. Go get you a magic microphone and sing in the mirror. Start a church for that and hurt and wreck lives because your wife can sing and you want to give her a place so she can sing. Your son's a great drummer. We're going to start a church so you'll have somewhere to play. If he's great, he'll have somewhere to play. The reason he don't have nowhere to play because he ain't that good. Don't start the church for that. People start church for anything. They just, they just want a crowd. And here's the real reason. They have deficits in their lives. They, have def- they can't make it in corporate America. They didn't finish school. They didn't do something. So they know, well, the one thing I can do, they told me, is I can preach. But you don't start a church because you can preach. That's the wrong. Re- but the pastoring is not preaching. Let me say that again. Man, I was preaching for years before I started pastoring. Just because you got a word, but you better write that down and mail it. You start no church and fix up a building. And then they always got a building. Man, that's the, why are you trying to start church in a building? Start it in your house and get your crazy children saved. That's where you start. Then get your wife to like you enough to show up downstairs for the service. (laughs) You moving in a building and your wife don't even attend the house church. (laughs) So foolish. Many pastors and leaders, they want to flaunt their authority and lord over others. They point to Christ claiming his authority in God as a reason to elevate themselves above others. And man, you don't, you don't have to elevate yourself. The word will elevate you. If you're preaching something people need, they'll come to you and look to you. Amen. But if you're just preaching the sermons you grew up on and getting up bullcorning for 20 minutes... That's why they treat you like that. And you got to act, you got to dominate everyone. Beat the audience up because nobody, they're going to respect, they're going to respect me. But there's a reason they don't respect you. That's because your kids don't respect you. Your neighbors hate you. You're supposed to be a preacher and your neighbors don't like you. That don't make any sense. The Bible said you should be well spoken of by the world. The world ought to just, man, I mean, I don't know what it is about him, but he's just a great guy. But if they say, ooh. But don't you live next to a preacher? I don't know what he is, but he's crazy. Man, don't start a church. Just don't. 
They're not coming. They point to Christ. Philippians 2 and 3 says, let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. So if you're doing it for vainglory, that's the wrong reason. If you're doing it for strife, that's the wrong reason. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than who? If you're not ready to be a servant, you're not ready to lead. Because in order to lead, you better know how to follow. Or no one's going to follow you. Yeah, that's why the Bible says, how can you run the house of God if you can't run your own home? The home is the example of what your church going to look like. If all the kids crazy in the house, you're going to have a church full of crazy folks. You don't know where your kids are ever. You ain't going to know where the members are. <laughs> Service going to start, where everybody at? They with your kids. You're going to have the same thing. Amen. Your children ought to want something that you're saying. Can I keep preaching in here? This message is, this is a hard saying to somebody. Hey, man, they trying to start a church. They at this church trying to start a church. You know that's crazy. You know, the minute you walk up to me and tell me, I didn't tell y'all, but me, Lord, I, brother, pastor, I feel like God has called me to, you don't even have to say pastor, the PA. Pop, brother, come on, everybody, we're going to give them the right hand of fellowship. We walk at this, we walking them right on out. You feel like God called you the pastor? You're supposed to go do it. Well, I want to sit under you and try. No, you ain't sitting under me. And I and the members you're going to take with you. No, bro, you're going to go start from scratch. You could have sat, sat in here and learned what you need to learn without ever saying that. Once you say that, brother, I got your number. You out of here. Everybody shake brother Willie's hand. Amen. This is his last Sunday. Watch. <laughs> I don't come tell me that. Christ is king, but not because of, earth, of the earthly way he lived and carried himself. I'm so tired of folks lying on Christ. Creflo Dollar talking about how big Christ's house was. I'm like, dude, have you, how do you know the dimensions, how many square feet Jesus' house was? What book is that written in? Jesus' house. T.D. Jake saying that they fought over his garments because he had some, his garments were so expensive. Jesus, just rocking like the latest. <laughs> that's ridiculous. And people just, woo, woo. Yeah, see, so, you know, that's why my suits have to be handmade. And then I have to fly in worms all the way from Singapore so that like, we can get the silk. And then I have sheep that have been raised from birth. That's where we get our cotton. Our cotton, the Peruvian sheep, they have thicker fur, and it takes them longer. It takes longer for it to ferment so that you can shave it off. You can't shave it off. You have to pluck, pluck each. Man, you better get out of here. Talk about your ugly suit. It don't look good. I don't want to hear that. That don't have nothing to do with Jesus. If Jesus wanted you to know what he had on, he'd have put pictures in the Bible. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John would have been describing it. Here comes the Savior. <laughs> That's so stupid. Here he comes, y'all. Why do they do that? Man, if you want nice clothes, there's nothing wrong with nice clothes. But leave Jesus out of your shopping. 
He is king because he is the only begotten son of God. Don't that make you king? That don't have nothing to do with, it doesn't matter what you wear if God is your father. Why does it matter if God is his father? Isn't that enough to make him king? Earthly possessions and accomplishment did not make him Lord. And earthly accomplishments and possessions don't make none of us Lord. You know how quick that stuff can go away? No, that's why we do what God says. We stick with God's plan. God's plan works and lasts forever. His word never changes. That's why I serve him. I don't serve a, a God whose words be changing. That's why I don't like Buddha. Sometimes he's big, sometimes he's small. I talked about that last week. Yeah, Buddha don't know what he want to be. I ain't following nobody like that. He's unsure of himself. Matthew 3 and 17. And lo, a voice from heaven saying, and this is when Jesus was being baptized. A voice said, this is my beloved son in whom I am what? He got anointed that day. When Jesus got Jewish cleansed is what happened in the flesh. He was anointed because the Bible says that the spirit came down in the form of a dove and then God yelled this from heaven. So all the Jesus only folks, y'all can't explain this chapter. They, they can't explain this verse. I had a dude try to explain it, Elder. He sent me, and he sent me 18 pages. I said, brother, it ain't long enough for that. It's not long enough. It's three sentences. I mean, it just, this is my beloved. Who said that? Well, see, that was a manifestation of the Father that was back up in heaven said that. I said, well, well who was in the water? Well, see, his flesh body was in the water, but his spirit, the dove, it didn't just come down. It went back up. And spoke through the father. I said, so it just left the body just, just floating in the water. I said, you crazy. Why did I even engage with you? What? what, what? There's only one, man. It's just one. But the, there's three in this scene. Lord, won't you just admit it? Y'all split from the church because you had an argument with the leaders. Let's just, can we just be real? It was a fight going on and folks couldn't agree. So y'all went and pulled some scriptures out to try to make up a doctrine so you would have an independent doctrine to keep you independent from the teachings of the other doctrines. You wanted your own thing, so you made it up, but you didn't check well because it's dumb. And the Sabbath day is not Saturday. That's Saturn day with our modern day calendar, our Gregorian calendar. Well, you can't even put our calendar with the new moons of the Old Testament because the days won't match up. They were going by moon days, not 24-hour days. You don't know when the Sabbath is. Lord, I bust it all up because it's just dumb. But they make doctrines and stuff because they want their own thing. You just want to have church on Saturday. I ain't going. That's fun day. Saying, what you gonna do with Saturn Day? That's what it's named after. Saturn. All of our days are named after planets. And see, now this is what I can't, you know, because this is a Pope. He's high and lifted up, and he believes he's above humans. All humans. And the priests under him believe they're above him. And the bishops under him believe they believe they're above him. He believes he's above Christ. The priests are equal to Christ in Catholicism. How many of you know that's a fish hat lie? Because his fish hat represents the fish god, Dagon. That's where that came from. That was when the pagans, y'all seen my video. That's when the pagans created that hat. Why you got the fish hat on? Dagon's hat. Making you walking down the aisle with your staff. And just... 
Dude, you got to take all that off, get in the car, and drive home just like all of us. What happens when you take it off? Though Christ had the power to do anything, of course, he wanted. He only did what his father desired of him. This is how we are to function if we are Christ-like. So though we do have power from on high, we do. We have power. God has given us his power. So because we have power, we're still supposed to be Christ-like and do only what Christ is telling us to do. Amen. We don't be praying death on nobody. Oh, don't mess with me because when I say this, folk just drop that. We had an old lady like that in church. She, when she got up and started doing this. And then she'd get the mic. Somebody gonna die. I be wanting to get the mic and say, yep, yep, somebody will. It is appointed once for man to die. There's about 2,000 people in here. Somebody is gonna know somebody that died. Never had a name that just somebody gonna die. Bro, that's so vague. I need you to just do that at home. Yes, we, we know somebody's gonna die. That's why I don't like prophets that do that stuff. Just, I mean, vague. Somebody in here, ooh, ooh, wait. Somebody's sick. <laughs> God said, you gonna be all right. Whole church jump up. Ah, they all got allergies. <laughs> and prophecies are real. You know, all this stuff is I, the spiritual side is real, but people have used it for their own to their own vainglory to be lifted up. Yeah, right. Now folks don't have believe it now. Because folks have misused it and abused it, just trying to show themselves. You will not show God and yourself. He will share his glory with no man. You'll be just like King Herod. He got up and tried that, and the Bible said he dropped dead and got eaten by worms in front of everyone. Though Christ had the power to do anything, he didn't. John 5 and 9 says, Then answered Jesus and said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, The Son can do nothing of himself, meaning I have totally died to my flesh. This is why he was able to live a sin-free life. Because he put his flesh to death way before the cross. He put his will of his flesh to death and said, I'm only going to do what God. He's saying the son can do nothing of himself, but what he sees the father do. For what things soever he doeth, these also doeth the son likewise. Y'all still here? Desiring to be better than others is pride. And goes against what Christ taught us in the word. T quit teaching your children to be better than other folks. Oh, I'm preaching. You don't be sitting them down at the dinner table. Now, now, see, sister, such and such, such kids, they do this. But you, you make sure you, you, because we better than them. We this and that. No, 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 y'all stop that. Don't do that. You will mess your kids up and they'll be chasing people for the rest of their lives. No self-esteem. You tell your children, don't, the Bible, because the Bible never said be the best. God only wants you to do your best. You do your best, but you don't compete and think you're better than someone else. Amen. Nothing wrong with them playing sports and stuff, but don't be trying to live vicariously through them from your old newspaper clippings. Oh, boy, I'm preaching in here. This is good. This is good to anybody besides me. Amen.
God's authority is what gives us positioning, not our desire to be better than anyone else. Proverbs 21 says, a high look and a proud heart. These are the things that God hates. High look and a proud heart. He says, and the plowing of the wicked is what? A proud look is sin. That's looking better than someone else. When you think you're better than someone else, or you think your kids are better. You know, that's one thing me and my wife, we made a deal. We don't talk about folks' kids. We don't put our mouth on kids because kids may wild out at any time. Vicky might have went crazy at any time. We were just hurrying up and getting her out of there. You don't know what's going on. But you don't put your mouth on kids. Ooh, they kids crazy. They kids, is it all right? You have some. So we've always been careful that now we call the parents crazy. But we watch out. We don't, we don't put our mouth on folks' kids. We don't act proud like we're better and we're doing something better than someone else. No, we're just doing the best we can do. Jesus spoke against the leaders of his time because he had the truth of the word and God's assignment supporting him. It had nothing to do with what others thought of him. Matthew 18, 28 and 18 says, And Jesus came and spake unto them, saying, All power is given unto me, where? In heaven and earth. So Jesus had all power so he could go to the leaders of that time and basically just tell them what he was feeling. He didn't do it from a position of being better than That's what made him mad. Because they were decked out, the Pharisees, they were decked out in all of their garments and everything, which meant they were higher than normal people. And Jesus would come up in his sandals and check them. They didn't know what to do with Jesus. Now, wait a minute, you don't see these tassels? But he would tell them, hey, man, what you got on? Look, he said, y'all look good on the outside. He said, but on the inside, y'all dead men's bones. <laughs> what? And Jesus wouldn't address them. He would just go stand on the mountain. He said, what y'all say? Okay. Beware of the Pharisees. Because outwardly, they look great. But inwardly, they're evil and serpents. Bible said they picked up rocks, Jesus. Oh, man, I can't wait to meet him face to face. Amen. That's the real hero right there. Amen. Y'all remember the song, Don't Let the Devil Ride? Because if you let him ride, he'll what? Want to drive. When Jesus was tempted, the devil tempted him to do things that were self-exalting, and would show others how powerful he was. So this is how the devil decided he was going to tempt the savior of all men. He was going to make him get into himself. Why was he going to try to make Jesus get into himself? Because he knew once he gets into himself, he's just like me. He's trying to make the devil do, I mean, he's trying to make Jesus do what he did in Isaiah 14 and 11. Lift himself up. And you think Jesus didn't know that? This is, this is what confuses me sometimes about the devil. Like, you knew that was Christ because, like, you tried to have him killed before he was born, like, for many, many years. So you knew that was the son of God. So did you really think it was going to work? But that's narcissism. The devil is the epitome of narcissism. Narcissistic people aren't logical. 
There was no logic in what the devil was doing. Because that's the son of God. So he can't betray God. And he's a part of the Godhead. He's not equal to you. Like you're not allowed where they are. Like you can go up to heaven and talk on a certain level with some of the other sons. But you're not allowed in the room where they are. You're, you, you, so you should have known that it wasn't going to work. But a narcissistic person will try it anyway. When Jesus was tempted. So the enemy knew that pride would make him fall. Just like he fell. Bible says he fell from heaven like lightning. Because of pride. So he knew if I could make Jesus just take this bait and show himself. He'll fall just like me. Proverbs 16 and 18 says pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before what? A fall. Jesus refused to use his power to prove himself. I'm the son of God, man. Jesus refused to use his power to prove himself. This was a slap in the face to the devil because uh, one of Satan's main weapons is causing people to use their authority to prove themselves to others. Luke 14 and 11 says, for what? Whosoever exalted himself shall be what? Taken down a peg or two. And he that humbleth himself shall be what? Exalted. And it always happens that way. People don't know when they've been taken down, though. That's the thing. They don't know when they've been taken down. They still think they're exalted. When people self-exalt themselves, most of them don't even see the blue water. They don't know they've been flushed. And they keep trying to be up there. Brother, you lost your wife, your family, your children hate you, and they still want to be there. They don't know. Brother, you don't understand. You've been taken down. Look around you. Everything around you is, has crumbled. But I'm still, people still know they don't. You think that because of your narcissism. God, going, God is going to start striking people down. It's like God don't have to. Pride will strike them down. I just, man, I just preaching it. Quit looking for folks to drop down. I hate when people say that preachers finna start dropping dead in the pulpit. They don't have to. Their lives drop dead. They are dead. They're walking dead. They have no proof of what they're preaching. That's dead. Okay, how many people are following you and clapping for you? You have no fruit. The Bible says by your fruit. The phrase get behind me. You know, the devil said, get behind me, Satan. It suggests to the devil that your way is not my way and I will not follow your lead. In other words, you get behind me because I'm the leader here. I'm your leader because I choose to do what's right. The person that's doing what's right is the leader. Yeah, and that's all you got to do is keep doing what's right. Keep doing the righteousness of God and God will exalt you. You're going to be the leader. Yeah, may take some time. Hmm. But all the folks that said this and said that and pointed the finger and believed that you was this and that, and that keep doing what's right. Right is going to win. Right is going to Cheerios push me at the bottom of the bowl then I rise to the top. They used to be the jam, boy. Y'all remember that song, Cheerios? Yeah, the devil try to push you at the bottom of the bowl. You know somebody preached that. 
Yeah, but the man, that's what, man, keep, look at somebody and say, keep doing what's right. Keep doing what's right, no matter how hard it is, line up with it. You line up with the word, your works are going to last. And the very ones that, ex- the self-exalted ones, the self-exalted ones are going to see that righteousness exalts. Always. And they're going to be mad. And they're going to be hating. And they're going to be trying to pull it down because they can't figure it out. How did you get lifted up? And I got abased. And I'm the one. Brother, you got to do righteousness. The Lord giveth and the Lord taketh away. Jesus checked him. Checked the devil. And exemplified how we should all deal with the request of the enemy. When the enemy get behind you and start telling you how good you sing. And how good you look. I know I'm preaching. James 6 and 7 says, submit yourselves therefore to God. Do what? Don't join the devil. Resist the devil. And he will what? If you resist the devil, he will what? But first you got to what? No, no. First you got to what? Submit. Submit yourselves to God. That's God's way. You can't just pray, Lord, I give you myself. In Jesus' name. I give you me. I give you myself. And then get up and go do what you was doing already. What? what? You didn't give him you. You can't just say it. You have to really submit yourself to God. Then when you do that, you have the power to do what? Resist the devil. When the devil comes, folks that fall to the devil, when the devil comes to them, they are not submitted to God. Jesus didn't address the devil in the, in the, during the temptation. He didn't address the devil personally. and say, you devil, you jive turkey. I've been knowing you all this. You just, you a bunch of mess. You all about a bunch of, he, didn't, he used the word that he was submitted to. Get behind me, Satan. And then he quoted scripture that I'm submitted to because the scripture is going to work on you. But if I get in the flesh and argue with you, I'm going to mess the Bible up. <laughs> he wasn't going to do it. He wasn't going to argue with him. He wasn't going to even let him uh, bring him down to his level where, where Satan was the issue. He talked about the word. That's what made the devil mad because he just totally ignored the devil. But the key part is he used scripture that he himself was submitted to. So you got to submit to God. Resist the devil, and then he'll do what? Flee from you. Oh, this is a good word I'm preaching. Amen. Summary! Yeah. Jesus was meek and lowly, not grandiose and showy. Hey, man, y'all know some folks like that. I mean, look, y'all, nobody cares what you have. Because we don't know how you got it. So ain't nobody walking around here trying to figure out what you have, what you got, and we're sure not going to go get something because you got it. We don't do that at ABC, do we? Man, we live our own life. You get a new car, we'll park our old hoopty right up to yours. Blowing smoke out of every pipe. Nobody care. We don't go outside to see what people are getting into. It don't matter. I always look at it like this, brother. If it looked expensive, it probably was. And right now, I, I, I might not want to pay that. So that don't have nothing to do with me. 
Amen. And we're not in church looking at it, looking down at everybody's shoes. And everybody's pulling tags out the back of folks' shirts. I'm like, man, what is that? Man, you better get your hand. What? No, we're not grandiose and showy in here. No, nobody cares. Man, we're about the spirit of the Lord moving. How many of you need the Lord to move in your family? That's what I want. That's why I come here. I don't come here to show out. How are you going to show out what God blessed you with? That don't make any sense anyway. If the Lord give it, then the Lord take it away. He might not want you to have it anymore. That's why you can't show out because you don't know how long you're going to have it. You don't. You don't know anything can happen. What's that tow truck noise? You know, it's, it's tow truck. I talked about it before. It got a sound that no other truck has. You know it's not a tractor. You know it's not a leaf blower. You know exactly what's coming down the street. It wakes you up. I should have parked at grandmama's house last night. That's a distinct sound. They tweak. They tweak that engine so that it'll make a sound that no other vehicle makes. And he just be revving it too. <laughs> you know, trying to get your clothes on. Oh man, he got me. <laughs> so don't show out. Don't show out. God doesn't like that. And God, if you're supposed to be making others, esteeming others higher than you, then you don't make them feel bad for what you have. So don't be just dropping bombs on what you just got in your conversations. That's ugly. A few folk, just a very few, I've had to check for that. It's like, brother, I didn't ask you that. You know I say it too. I tell them, I ain't nobody asked you that. I heard it in a conversation happening across from me. And I walk up, brother, did nobody ask you that? Like, nobody care. I mean, I, you know, Pastor, I mean, I just, I, no. Be showing out in here, man. Nobody care what you got. And always downplaying what somebody have. Hey, brother, man, y'all, boy, I saw that car. That's nice. Well, you should have got the red one. You know, if I was you, you know, if I was you. Boy, if you was me, you wouldn't have nothing because you don't have nothing. Shut up. <laughs> Man, though modern day preachers try to make Christ like them, he is not a show off and he never used his power to belittle others. They got the wrong, look at somebody say, they have the wrong Savior. His garments were not fashionable and his shoes were not top of the line. What was the line in the Bible days? Was there a shoe boutique in a cave? He was not concerned about his appearance and he didn't need earthly possessions to prove his spiritual authority. That's our stuff. That's what we do. Christ wasn't into possessions and having the best. And I told y'all, if it wasn't for the cloud of witnesses, you wouldn't have the best. All of them, they sacrificed their lives so that we could live better. He was not concerned about the, his appearance and he didn't 
need earthly possessions to prove his spiritual authority. He loved those that needed him, and he challenged those that were against him. He didn't use his race or skin color to feel better than anyone. But he spoke truth to all men, and the truth did what? Made them free. His words gained him a following and caused men to change their hearts for God. He spoke with power, and he lived a clean life as an example of how we should all live. He spoke with what? It was the power in his words that gave him authority, not what he had on. Though we may have nice things and are blessed with great possessions, these things should never be used to show our authority or prove our worth. Being consistent, look at somebody say consistent. Being consistent in the word should be the only reason we have an audience. The only reason anybody want to hear what you have to say is because you're consistent in the word. That's the way it should be. Consistent. Bring me a scripture and I'll show you my consistency. I will rightly divide it exactly like it's written. I won't look for a loophole. I will be consistent. Upholding the truth without variance or compromise shows others that we are with God, not what we drive or where we live. Amen. Quit inviting folks to your house to see your house and uploading every square inch of it on the Internet. Can I keep preaching in here? This is too practical. Some people think you don't want, you know, and that's the thing. Some people don't, they don't want this, man. We need to be on the floor with snotting and, and crying and just, but you can't take that home. So let's trade. Let's talk about the logical, practical things of the word that we can apply and change generations forever in the church. And then you go do the snotting and the falling out and slaying on your couch and all that. Do that at home. Let's just change it. That way you will have some principles to live by. Tired of folks slaying in the spirit didn't get up and get divorced. Speaking in 20 different tongue languages. And then go home and their kids won't even talk to them. Hate them. I don't, I, no, man, let's do what the word says and try to live what's being preached. Just like the devil tested Jesus to come find a weakness, I mean, to Jesus to find a weakness, he will come test us all just to unearth our true motives. So just, you think you, just like he came to Jesus, he's coming to you. He's going to come to you with the same temptation. Make you famous. Make a name for yourself. Be somebody. I have people tell me all the time, brother, you preach against fame, but you famous. Brother, I'm not famous. Infamous. <laughs> I'm not famous. I went, and even if I am, I wasn't trying to be. Some folk accident. my daughter's accidentally famous. I still don't know why. <laughs> she don't want to be. She wasn't trying to do that. That just happened. I mean, we, you can't help it. I go places and folk know landing shoes. I mean, folks, they know my kids, whatever. I mean, but that don't mean I'm out here trying to show them. I mean, that's just what they do. That's, how she, that's, that's what she get paid to do. That's what he get paid to do. I mean, that's just them. But ain't nobody chasing fame. They don't have deficits where they need fame. They don't need fame to make them something. That's what this is talking about. You don't use fame to make you somebody. 
When the enemy comes, we should respond just like Christ did. We should be willing to forego an opportunity to show ourselves in order to show God and do what? Speak his word. Jesus, Jesus could have destroyed the devil. But he took that opportunity to show God and what? Speak his word. Because he knew we would need that example so we would need to know, so we would learn how to speak the word to the enemy ourselves. Amen? Amen. Let's read it. Good story here. Then was Jesus led up of the spirit into the wilderness to be tempted of the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, he was hungry afterwards. And when the tempter came to him, he said, if thou be the son of God, command these stones to be made bread. So he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. You know this made the devil fiery mad. Oh, he went super saiyan. Because Jesus ignored him. Did, did you hear that? He didn't say, well, let me, hey, Satan, where you been? No, he just, he just said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. Then the devil said, okay, okay, all right, man. And he taketh them up to, unto a holy city and set them on a pinnacle of the temple. And he said unto him, then, the, you know, the devil's trying to quote scripture back to him. If thou be the son of God, cast thyself down, for it is written. He shall give his angels charge concerning thee, and in their hands they shall bear thee up, lest at any time thou dash thy foot against the stone. Y'all, the devil is Satan. <laughs> he quoted scriptures back to Jesus. Jesus said unto him, it is written, thou shalt not tempt the Lord thy God. In other words, <laughs> brother, <laughs> you better watch out now. And again, the devil taking him up even higher to a high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and the glory of them. And said unto him, all these things I will give thee if thou will fall down and worship me. In other words, he's tempting him to take over. I'll give you the whole planet because right now I'm the God of this planet. And it's his to give. Then Jesus said unto him, get thee hence, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God, and him only, what, shall thou serve. And then the devil leaveth him, and behold, the Bible says, angels came and ministered unto him, meaning they strengthened him. So the devil basically tempted Jesus with everything Jesus was already going to get anyway. He just wanted him to get it from him. And that's the same thing with you. He's only going to tempt you with things you're already going to get. Yeah, he's going to tempt you with things you're already going to get. I mean, but you know, I'm, I'm, he's tempting me with fame. Am I going to get fame? Yeah, you'll get fame in your home. You'll be, be the hero of your home. Your kids will look up to you. You'll be super bad. You'll be a Marvel character in your home. No, that's a DC character. Excuse me, nerds in here. Yeah, you'll be Superman in your home. Your wife will look, look to you like, man, I can't make it without you. You can be that. It won't be false, a, a false approval and false hand claps from folks you don't know. 
but it'll be those that really, really know you and know your heart telling you that you've done well. Amen. Everyone stand to your feet. You've been listening to A True Church Perspective with Pastor G. Craig Lewis, founder of EX Ministries and pastor of the Adamant Believers Council in North Richland Hills, Texas. If this message has been a blessing to you and you would like to be a financial blessing to us, please send your donation to EX Ministries, P.O. Box 24870, Fort Worth, Texas 76124 or donate online at exministries.com.